0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
2: 18 plus.
3: This content may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised.
2: And we hear this loud scratching on the door. And it soon becomes knocking and scratching and ringing the doorbell.
1: Something that was all gray, blurry, no face and features, humanoid-like thing, was flying above me counterclockwise.
4: After a few seconds, I began to be able to make out the shape of human legs.
1: From Disturbed
3: Media, join your host, Chad, for true tales of horror, bizarre happenings, and unexplainable events. This is Disturbed.
0: Welcome back in everyone, and thanks for joining me. This week, I'm bringing you three true horrifying tales and two listener voicemails that will frighten and terrify. So sit back, and listen close, as we dive into the horror. One quick mention at the top of the show, a big thanks to everyone who's been sending in stories and experiences. This really helps to fuel the show, and it's great to get those first-hand encounters. So let's keep them coming. Any terrifying or unexplainable encounter you've had, maybe a run-in with a person, or maybe you saw something you couldn't explain. Whether it's paranormal, UFO, cryptid creatures, weird glitches, anything in that realm, I'd love to hear it. You can find all the different ways to submit your story over at disturbedpodcast.com slash and if you want to retell your story in your own words, you can take advantage of our hotline at disturbedpodcast.com hotline, or simply record a voice note on your phone and email it to mystory at disturbedpodcast.com. But enough of all that, let's get into the good stuff. We open the show hearing from Reddit user Regina Falange, featuring voice work by Rhiannon Mauschal, and we try to figure out what's
2: making that sound. This happened in 2017 when my friend came for a sleepover. I was living with my brother back then and he went home for the weekend, so I had the apartment all to myself and my friend from college came over. We had dinner and a few glasses of wine and since it was still early, about 9 p.m., we decided to watch a movie. Anyway, we're eating popcorn and enjoying the movie and I thought I heard a knock on the door, but I told myself it's nothing and we just kept on watching the movie. Not a minute later, my friend asks me if there's someone knocking on the door, and I tell her I thought I heard someone too, but since we have a doorbell and I wasn't expecting anyone, we both just shrugged our shoulders and kept watching the movie. A few minutes later, we hear the doorbell. First, it was just a short ring, and then a second later, it was a long one, like someone put their finger on the doorbell switch and wouldn't stop. I live in an apartment of a six-story building, and nobody can come inside the building without someone buzzing them in. Sometimes people get inside by saying they're the postman or have a delivery for someone, and they turn out to be Jehovah's Witnesses and weirdos like that, so I generally never open the door for anyone if people don't call and tell me they're coming over. The ringing eventually stops, and now whoever is at the door starts knocking aggressively, and both my friend and I are creeped out. Then the knocking stops, and we hear this loud scratching on the door, and it soon becomes knocking and scratching and ringing the doorbell. We're both freaked out of our minds by now, and I tell her to grab a knife from the kitchen, and I go to my brother's room to get his airsoft gun. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it was a replica of an AK-47, and it looked just like the real deal, and it was heavy AF. I tell her I'll go see who's at the door through the peephole, and we're both whispering by that point and she's begging me not to go because she's afraid whoever was at the front door would hear me. All that noise stops for a few seconds and then it's that scratching noise again and I tell her I'll go look and figure out what the fuck is happening. I'm holding the freaking airsoft gun and my whole body is shaking like crazy and I finally look through the peephole and there's literally nobody at the door. The horrible scratching is still there but I don't see anyone. And as I'm looking through the peephole, we hear knocking. And I'm literally looking out and there's literally nobody there. We're both crying by now and feel sick to our stomachs. And I slowly back away from the door and call my boyfriend at the time and tell him what's going on. I could hear the confusion in his voice, but he said he'd be there right away. He lived only 15 minutes away and he basically sprinted to my apartment. And the whole time, the knocking, ringing, and scratching didn't stop. So my boyfriend gets to the front entrance and texts me to buzz him in. So I tiptoe to the buzzer, which is right beside the apartment door and let him inside and everything goes silent. My friend and I just stare at the door and have no idea what's going on. My boyfriend gets to the door and says, it's me, and I unlock the door, still terrified, and he comes in. He took the stairs up, and even checked the three floors up from us before he came inside and he said there was nobody in the building. He didn't see anyone leaving the building and the elevator was on the same floor as it was when he entered the building. He came inside and saw my five foot three friend holding a knife in her hand and me with a replica of an AK-47, which probably freaked him out even more than me telling him someone was banging on my door. My friend and I have talked about what happened many times after that day and we've never figured out what the fuck happened. But it still bothers us to this day. And since I still live in that apartment, I get a bit paranoid every time I'm home alone. Needless to say, my boyfriend thought we had too much to drink and just imagined the whole thing. But I wouldn't have imagined anything like that, even if I had had a whole bottle of wine and not just two glasses.
3: Can't get enough Disturbed? We've got you covered on Patreon with monthly bonus episodes, ad-free listening, shout-outs, and more. Visit disturbedpodcast.com slash support. You'll be glad you did.
0: Up next is a listener voicemail from Sarah, and she recounts her possible UFO experience.
5: Hi, my name is Sarah. I just started listening to this podcast really recently because another one that I listened to called No Sleep had recommended it on one of their episodes. But I wanted to submit this story that happened to me because on one of your episodes, you said that you don't always get a lot of alien stories. And I had this thing happen to me when I was younger. And I don't know if it was aliens, but it might be. So here we go. So I was around 14 years old when this happened, and it was in the summer. And some important information to know for later is that I was living in this really small one floor house and my bedroom was on the side where the street was and there was a street lamp across the street that always shined into my bedroom at night. This one night I woke up, it was really, really late, and I had been woken up because of this sound that I heard. And the best way I can describe it is that It sounded like in the movies when you hear like a hovering craft like that, like whoa, whoa, whoa sound, if that makes sense. And it was really faint, but I could hear it, but it was getting louder. And it sounded like it was moving and like moving closer. And I remember just like laying in bed and thinking like, what is this noise? And I don't know what it is, where it's coming from. It's It can't be a plane because planes don't make that noise. And it was just getting louder and louder. And I was so scared and I just like was laying in bed, and I didn't want to move. And it was so loud at one point that it was, it seemed like it was over top of my house. And it was just hovering over top of my house until finally, it started moving away. And I could hear it like getting further and further into the distance. And I have told like a couple people about this. But some people think that I may have experienced sleep paralysis, because I said that like, I couldn't move. And that I didn't want to move and I also when I was young I had experienced night terrors but the thing is is that later on so a couple weeks later I woke up to another noise coming from outside of my room and like I said earlier my room faced the street with the street light and I had this little tiny like box tv on my dresser and it was kind of like angled so I could see partially reflection from the window that was facing the street But the other part of it was just the shadow from the street lamp. And I saw this shape that was like a head and I could kind of see the reflection in the TV monitor and it just was like a head. It was like a person standing there with a head and shoulders and like a neck and everything. But I couldn't see any features. It didn't look like they had hair and they were just standing there. And I just remember staring at that reflection and shadow and just not moving because I thought like, oh, there's someone out there. They're watching me sleep. And I just can't move. I can't let them know that I know that they're there. And I just was so scared. And I remember just thinking, I'm not gonna move until it goes away. I'm not gonna go back to sleep. I'm not gonna move. And I remember blinking and it was just gone. There was no reflection, no shadow. And again, some people just think that I had an experience with sleep paralysis because I still have night terrors to this day. But a couple things that makes me think that it wasn't sleep paralysis is one, like I said, I still have night terrors to this day, but I have never experienced sleep paralysis again, if that's what I did experience. And I don't know if it can come and go like that, but I just know that it has never happened again. And also the area that I live in, I won't be super specific about where I was at the time, but... It was not super far from a place in Pennsylvania called Kecksburg where they had had what they thought might have been an alien encounter. And then if you do like research around just that area, I found out that it had been kind of a hotbed for like UFO sightings in the years after Kecksburg. Now that could have just been hype. I don't know. But it was just kind of interesting to know that that was a history of the area that I lived around that time. And yeah, I've never experienced anything like it again, and I hope I never do. And it could have just been some creepy person walking around my house, and maybe I just was having a crazy dream when I heard that noise. But either way, let's not ever meet again.
3: Are you loving the show? Let us know with a positive rating and review. In return, we'll help you hide the body.
0: Next up, we check in with Reddit user humanstill6949. Featuring voice work by Tom Aglio. And we meet the Kinderhook monster.
1: It was around February of 2017. I was 15 and had a dry throat at the time. For that year, I wanted to build a shed in the middle of the woods of my backyard, mainly to just hang out in, as for a fun project to do for the summer months. So on a cold, dry, windy, but yet sunny day, probably around noonish or late morning, I started to hike alone in the woods of my backyard to begin to find a spot to put down this shed on. The shape and the geography of the section of the property that has the woods is weird. Part of the property pokes out like the Oklahoma panhandle, and to get to the deepest woods of my property where I wanted to build the shed, you must walk up a hill and then that hill eventually plateaus. Also that hill is easily the tallest in the general area, and on the day my encounter happened, I was to see hundreds if not thousands of feet, especially since there were no leaves on the trees. All in all, it's a two minute hike and in the woods you can see things like rusty barrels and metal fences mainly because back in the day, my backyard woods was a popular hunting spot, which is evident with the rusty metal barrels and the beer cans I found dating back from the 1980s once. But yeah, I hike up through the property and I make it to the Plateau Hill part. Also note, there was someone's house probably a little over 100 feet from where I was. I had a pretty good viewpoint to their entire property. And then there was a barn and someone's house quite far from where I was, but definitely seeable. So for a couple minutes, I started looking for good spots to put this shed. I eventually picked one and started imagining how I should build the shed. I wanted to start from scratch. While I was doing this, I started to hear a five note whistle song way in the distance. Now, I'm not a musician, but I'm going to try my best to describe it. It was two notes where they were long flat notes of the short break between the two and the next note, then followed by a higher pitch swinging up note, then quickly a normal swinging note, then back to a long flat note with a higher pitch than the first two. And whoever was whistling kept repeating it. I looked around for a couple seconds to see if I could find whoever was whistling. It sounded like it was coming deeper into the woods, way downhill, but I didn't see anyone. I also checked the house and barn if I could see anyone and sure enough, there was no one. What I also thought was strange is that I didn't hear rustling of leaves either. The whole woods was covered in them and rustling of leaves is loud and could easily give away your location, but there wasn't anything rustling. I immediately ignored it as probably one of my neighbors or something. Also, please note that the whistling was definitely not an animal and rather a human. Birds have a chirp-like whistle, but this whistling is more breathy, like a human. So I went back to my spot, content that it was a person walking in the woods. After all, that is a pretty logical conclusion. But the whistling kept getting closer and louder, still playing the same five notes too. And there's no one to be seen and no rustling of leaves to be heard. I was very stubborn that it wasn't paranormal and that it has to be a person. Despite the fact that whatever is whistling is coming towards and still has no clue of who or what is whistling to me. The whistling was going on for well over a minute now, and eventually the whistling sounded so close to me that it felt like it was someone quite literally whistling to me, five feet away. It sounded like the whistling was also coming from all directions. So now I started to get a little spooked. I then concluded that whatever this whistling is could be a threat, so I started making my way back to my house, it's like a two minute hike. One thing that I forgot to bring up on the Hudson Valley Post is that I didn't run out of there or anything, I just walked back home. I was kind of spooked, but not terrified or anything. I also felt like if I ran, then, whatever was whistling at me would pop out and chase me, so I walked and stayed calm to keep whatever it was at a stalking slash taunting phase, because it sure did feel like whatever was whistling at me was definitely stalking and taunting me. Now, I have to be real with you, this next part of my experience felt quite trance-like, so I, I could have just hallucinated this part and as well as the whistling, and I've had things like sleep paralysis, you know, several episodes in my life, and plus when I'm really tired, I do hallucinate things time to time, but I definitely wasn't tired at the time, nor have I ever had a hallucination episode this big and long, ever. All of my tired hallucination and sleep paralysis episodes last from a fraction of a second to several seconds. So if this was a hallucination, this would be by far the craziest one I've ever had. So back to my story. I'm about a minute away from making it to my backyard at my house, still peering the whistling and such, and I decided to look up and there it was. Something that was all gray, blurry, no face and features, humanoid-like thing, was flying above me counterclockwise. It could have been maybe around five to six inches height and had a wingspan around the same. The thing had the silhouette of a person with the head, two arms, torso, and legs kind of looking like a T with a circle on top, acting as the head. I still trusted my gut. Instead of running, I kept walking. Despite the threats, it kept me safe for this long, so might as well keep on doing it. Then finally, I took one step onto the grass in my own backyard and suddenly everything weird stops. No more whistling, flying thing, or a feeling of being in a trance. I remembered smelling roses though, like like it was peaceful. Let's just, after that experience, I just, I didn't want to build a shed in the woods anymore. And for years, I, even a little bit to this day, I hate being near those backyard woods by myself. The reason why it took me a long time to talk about this story is because I ruled it out as a paranormal ghost encounter. And the great thing is possibly an angel for years, but it wasn't until a few months ago I was reading some cryptid wikis and heard about the Kinderhook blob monster. And there are a bunch of similarities between my encounter and the blob sightings. First, I don't live crazy far from Kinderhook. I could easily take a drive over there. Two, the thing I saw was kind of blob-like, and one sighting even described it as a humanoid. Plus, it was one whole color and no face like the blob. And finally, three, it whistles and flies, which could help explain why I couldn't find anything in the woods, because it was flying above near the trees. Which, to be honest, was kind of funny how oblivious I was to that. So, uh, what do you guys think? Do you have any realistic or paranormal answers you would like to address? Let me know.
3: We need to get rid of some evidence. Don't go anywhere.
4: 24 hours ago, I found out the person that I'd been dating and seeing for the
2: last six months as a con man. That is my sister, Emma. Andrew Tonks' lies had been so convincing. She'd invested $300,000 with him. However, the tables were about to turn on Andrew. What he didn't know was that Emma had discovered his real identity, but to get any chance of justice, Emma had to act like it was business as usual. Coming up in this series, and that's when murder, all this stuff goes through my mind. I'm really, really scared.
1: I'm assuming Sarah has watched too much Netflix and figures I've been defrauding you. Couldn't be further from the truth.
2: That's what this was, a real life story that seems so unbelievable, but it was actually true. A true story that all starts with one simple swipe to the right. I'm Sarah Ferris. And I'm Emma Ferris. And this is my story, Conning the Con. Hello,
0: this is Dr. Grande, the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes And those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen
3: on the Impact of Influence Facebook page. Now back to the deliciously frightful Disturbed Podcast with your host, Chad.
0: Up next, we have a listener voicemail from Lorena, and she details her experiences with the paranormal.
6: Okay, so I am from Chicago. My name is Lorena and a little bit of backstory about me so i have been able to see ghosts spirits whatever you want to call them since i was maybe five or six and i remember my parents and i lived in an apartment complex we were on the bottom floor along with my brother so it was we had gone to sleep already and i don't know something just i don't want to say something but it something woke me up, and I just remember it was super late at night, everyone was sleeping. I turned over to see my brother, my brother, he was sleeping. And my bed was, if I sat up, I was facing the door, and on the other side, because my brother and I shared a room, he was on the other side. So when I looked back at the door, there was just this black figure thing standing there i remember just being confused i rubbed my eyes and i was like what and then i had called for my dad so i said daddy nothing and i said daddy again nothing and this thing was just standing there and then when i looked down it had no feet so i immediately sat up even more in bed and i went over i crawled over to my brother's bed still keeping an eye on this thing and it followed me so it followed me over just staring at me as i was crawling into my brother's bed and then the next thing i remember my mom was waking me up she said what the heck are you doing in your brother's bed and it was morning time by this time so i guess i just had fallen asleep so that is a little bit backstory about me. So fast forward to maybe I was in my 20s and my best friend at the time had gotten me a Ouija board for Christmas. He was really into witchcraft, spells. He even had a book. He would go to cemeteries at night by himself. He would light black candles and just do whatever, who knows what. So... He had come over for Christmas one year and he handed me this box and he said, don't open it here because we always celebrated Christmas with my aunt. So immediately I knew what it was. I was terrified and super excited at the same time. So he's like, whatever you do, just don't play it by yourself. I said, whatever. So I go home, we go home, we load, unload, whatever. So I call my friend and I say, hey, you want to come over? not telling her what was about to go down because for whatever reason, no one was going to be home that day. And I was like, okay. And it was like, a, I think it was a day or two after Christmas. So again, I don't know why no one was going to be home. So I decided to call my friend and she's like, okay, I'll come over. So by the time she actually showed up, the sun had gone down. I was getting everything set up and she texted me saying that she was there. So I go downstairs, I let her in and as soon as she opens the door, she's like, what the fuck? Like, no, I'm not doing this. I said, please, come on. So whatever. I convince her, finally convince her. So we sit across from each other and we both, I said, you have to put your fingers on the planchette like this. So I asked her a couple of questions and it was just boring. It was like nothing, nothing was happening. So we had our Christmas tree up and the Christmas tree was on my right hand side her left-hand side so I had this like little it wasn't an angel but it was just this little girl in a green robe it, it had like a sherpa lining and the I asked another question I said if the, I was like I was feeling spicy if you will so I was like you know what I'm just gonna whatever so I had said if there was anything here move an ornament on the tree and then like boom something came over me and then I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't say it out loud, but I, I thought I was like, oh my gosh, something is here. So nothing happened. So I asked again, I said, if there's anything here, you know, will you move an ornament on the tree? So then all of a sudden out of our peripheral vision, this thing, this ornament starts spinning counterclockwise and it got faster and faster and faster. So my friend, she took her fingers off the plant I said, don't do that. So then she's like, I'm scared. So I said, put your hands on the planchette. We'll say goodbye, whatever. So we did the circle and then we said goodbye. And then I put it in the box. And I was honestly too scared to stay home by myself because I didn't know where any of my family members were. So I said, can I sleep over at your house? She's like, yeah, yeah, come on, let's just go. Let's just, I'm scared. So because at the time, me and my sister, we shared a room, so we had bunk beds. And I slept on the bottom of course. And she slept on the top. So I texted my mom saying, oh, I'll be back tomorrow, blah, blah. blah. So we go, we leave and that's it. So I come over in the morning, I come back home and my mom's in the kitchen and she's cooking. And then I just had this weird feeling as soon as I walked in the house. So she said, oh, did, did your sister tell you? And I said, no, what? She said, well, she had a bad dream. She came into my room screaming, crying Last night, I don't remember what time it was, but it was late, and she said that something or someone had killed our dad, and and I was just, I just had these wide eyes. I said, "What?" No, she didn't tell me anything. So my mom's like, "Yeah, she slept in your bed last night," and I was like, "Oh shit!" So I go, I immediately, I try to play it off as cool as I can, and I'm just like, "Okay, well, I'll be back. I'll do So. I go and I look under the bed and when I look under the bed the top, the lid of the box for the Ouija board was open and I was like oh my goodness and I didn't know that my sister was going to sleep I didn't care if she slept in my bed, whatever but no one, absolutely no one knew that I had this Ouija board and the fact that My sister had that awful dream. And to this day, I still don't know what that She won't tell me. And she still remembers. And my friend still remembers what happened that day. And I mean, it's just a crazy story. And I do have to say, ever since I was five or six, I could see like spirits and ghosts, like I said. So, I mean, I do have other stories. So if you want to hear more, I would be more than happy to share my story. Thank you so much for listening.
3: Are you loving the show? Let us know with a positive rating and review In return. We'll help you hide the body.
0: And finally, we close out the show with an email submission from Sonora featuring voice work by Nicole Doolin,
4: and we encounter a prowler in the night. A couple of summers ago, I ended up working in the small garden outside at my work, since our workload slows way down in the summer. I worked at a factory that was surrounded by olive trees and other trees like apricot, peach, cherry, pear, and apple trees. Beyond the tree line on one of the short ends of the small rectangular garden, there were a bunch of tall, thick weeds and shrubbery directly after the front tree line. On the garden fence itself at that end, thick, tangled grapevines had overgrown on the fence for the garden and on the chain-link perimeter fence for the property line in that area. It was a particularly hot day as it was July. The hummingbirds buzzed near the feeders and other birds were singing their summer songs. I greeted our factory dog, Buddy, who was lazing outside the garden in the shade of an olive tree. He gazed up at me with his neon-like blue eyes and wagged his black-and-white fluffy tail at me before dozing off again. I continued to chat at Buddy as I worked, just off in my own safe little world. As I worked, though, I began to vaguely notice the sounds of bushes and shrubbery rustling slightly, which I blew off as just a breeze. But after a few minutes more, I realized that the rustling sounds were pretty constant And after briefly glancing around myself at the other trees, I noticed that there didn't appear to be any breeze that hot July day. I just figured at that point that it was probably Buddy, sniffing around in the bushes or something. But it was then that I realized, after I turned back towards the garden entrance for a shovel, that there was Buddy, still lazing in the same place. Now, if you know dogs, then you know that Buddy should have been losing his shit right then. Yet he was just resting there. I decided to give it a couple more minutes, just to make sure. It could have been my husband, who also worked at the factory with me, or my boss, or another co-worker for all I knew. But as I nonchalantly paid attention to what I was hearing, I could tell that the movements were slow and deliberate. Whoever or whatever was in the grapevines and bushes was moving precisely, My heart began to race as I imagined a bear or a mountain lion stalking. So then I sneaked out of the garden entrance and stepped over a couple of feet to investigate. It was pretty difficult to see through the thick shrubbery beyond the olive and cherry trees. I had to really focus. Like when you try to see one of those hidden 3D images. Once I did, though, I started to see movement beyond the grapevines and bushes and weeds. After a few seconds... I began to be able to make out the shape of human legs. Whoever was in there was wearing a pair of medium-fade blue jeans and black hiking or maybe work boots. All I can think at the time was, holy shit, it's a person. They were moving away from me and towards the railroad tracks beyond the chain-link perimeter fence. All I could think of to do at that point was to walk around the perimeter fence and up to the railroad tracks to see the person from a slight vantage point. I knew that the person would be trapped by the perimeter fence, which was hidden by the grapevines. Once I got up there, I saw a man crouched down next to the chain-link fence, staring right at me. It was super strange to me, because he was wearing those medium-colored blue jeans and heavy black boots that I mentioned earlier, but he also sported a black beanie, a dark hooded sweatshirt, and a backpack, all despite it being a 100-plus degrees that day. As he stared at me with dark, beady, close-set eyes, I managed to ask him, Who are you and why are you here? But he just stared at me, unblinking with his pale face and didn't say a word to me. He just sat there, frozen and unmoving. Looking back, I don't think he blinked or moved at all. So I gave up after a few seconds and went into the factory to tell someone. I found my husband first, but he pretty much just dismissed it so I went to my boss next. We both went back out to the garden to investigate, but no one was there anymore, just Buddy casually wandering into the bushes towards the tracks. Buddy, being a dog, should have been alarmed, and yet he wasn't, which was weird to my boss also. Just then, though, my other co-worker arrived with his dog, who was promptly sent to investigate the area. Meanwhile, the other co-worker went inside the factory to get the forklift, which he drove outside to us. Then we had my husband lift the forklift as high as he could, while my other co-worker stood on the forks to have a vantage point in which to be able to really get a good look around for the guy, or maybe a car leaving or something. But he didn't see anything. Once we got back into the factory and inside the boss's air-conditioned office, the boss had something interesting to tell us about the night before. First off, he informed us all that we had no running water in the whole industrial park. The interesting part came when he explained why there was no water. Apparently, the night before, a couple guys tried stealing like a big rig or something from one of the businesses located up past us in the park. When they tried to escape with the truck after nearly getting caught, they tried to jump the thing across a small creek where the water main coming into the industrial park happened to be. They, of course, didn't make it, and they ended up smashing the water main to all the businesses in the park. I have no real idea if the intruder amongst the grapevines was related to that incident or not. We did call the sheriff just in case, and they came out and took a report and got a description of the intruder from me. Of course, none of the outside security cameras caught it, since it was behind the tree line and amongst the heavy shrubbery. So I guess we'll never know.
3: Follow our social channels on Facebook and Instagram at Disturbed Podcast and on Twitter at Disturbed underscore pod.
0: Don't forget to send in your own true terrifying tale. Head over to disturbedpodcast.com slash submit to find out how. And if you'd like to support the show, you can get early access to our premium feed featuring ad-free listening and bonus episodes. Visit patreon.com slash disturbedpodcast to learn more. And a big thanks to our newest supporters, Ellie Segura, Camilla Risi, Irma Maldonado, and Chata Perez. And if you want to join in and support us while getting exclusive and ad-free content, visit patreon.com slash Podcast. Music by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio and co.ag. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Thursday with a brand new episode. And stay safe out there, y'all.